word of the Lord with you. We've been worshiping together and celebrating God and now remembering his covenant with us and all the benefits. So I want to share with you this morning a message, a two-part message this week and next, speaking about the peace and wrath of God combined. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Florida visiting my mother, and I listened to a sermon by uh, a pastor from Chicago named Colin Smith, and I've adapted that message to bring this message to you, but I was really moved by it. It got me into study uh, in a different area here, and uh, I want to share that with you. And so this morning, we're going to look at the peace part of God's wrath, and so I want to take you to our... Uh, text this morning. It's found in the book of Romans chapter 12 verses 18 and 19. Uh, let's uh, take a look at that and it says this, if possible so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with a few people as you can. Right? Live peaceably with all. If it's possible. That, that's like the favorite part of the verse for me. If, if it's at all possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So we are to have peace and make peace and keep peace one with another to everyone on this planet as best we can. And we're not to take vengeance. We're not to bring retribution to a failed peace treaty, to a failed effort. Now, what does that mean to keep peace as far as it's possible? Because God has given us authority, and God has given authority to the ruling government, government and courts and justice. We are to have justice in the land. We are to pursue justice and have peace as we humanly possibly can. But there is a time when even in our best efforts and even in our best courts and in, in our land where we cannot find the justice so deserved, but we are not to be vigilantes. We are not to be the ones who bring the retribution. We are not to take the law into our own hands. We are not to take vengeance as we see fit, but we are to leave it unto God. Leave room, give room to God's wrath and his retribution. Ultimately, there will be a final day of reckoning when all sin will be accounted for and dealt with. And the punishment of God's wrath on sin that is not cleansed by the blood will be eternal damnation. There is a reckoning coming. People need to understand this. The only reason that God is slow in his wrath and slow in his judgment is because he wants more people to find his grace and to be set free from the wrath that is coming. We're going to be studying wrath next week, so let's focus on peace. And how are we supposed to live a peaceful life? Micah 6.8 says this, What does the Lord require of you, of me, of us? But to do justice, to love mercy or kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. This threefold combination is absolutely essential when we are trying to keep peace with one another. I love the fact that Micah says this, we're to do justice. 
not just talk about it. You can have justice on the books and fail to have justice in the land. How many of you know that? Turn your TV on, okay? So we are to do justice. And this is the difference between the Hebrew mindset and the Greek or Western mindset. We have a disconnect as a people. We have a disconnect. We can believe one thing and do another. It's prevalent in the church. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. You got all these, it cracks me up. You've got all these folks in Hollywood, rappers, singers, and the uh, musicians and so forth, and they're vile and they're, they're promoting such horrible, uh, ungodly music and movies and so forth, but yet they give thanks to Jesus and God for all of their awards that they get and, and uh, say little tweets and things how Jesus is awesome. That's a complete contradiction. How can you believe in Jesus Christ but not do the things Christ says? And that's a Western mindset. It's a disconnect that we all have. We all come to church. We all do our things. But during the week, we do things contrary to what we say we believe. But in the Hebrew mindset, it's not just about think about justice, it's do justice. If you believe something, I'll know that you believe it by how you act. That's what James says. Don't talk to me about your faith. Show me your faith. It should show up. So if we believe in justice and doing what is right, it should show up in our actions. And this has been the failure of our Constitution. We've got it written down, but for how many years have we failed that all people are free and equal? That's been a contradiction to what we've declared. And so we have to fix that. We have to do justice. But if we're going to do justice and act justly and give authority to governments and give authority to parents and teachers and those in authority and have justice roll out, you have to love mercy. Because justice without mercy is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? And so mercy, to love kindness and love mercy is to, is to have a heart of compassion for those who fail and do wrong. So it should be uh, imitating God. And we need to walk humbly lest we too fall. That's why we have to leave room for God's wrath because if we take all the wrath and do the wrath and all the uh, retribution... Uh, we're going to fall into sin because we'll get into an attitude of we're right, you're wrong, I'm better than you. When humility and mercy should guard what we understand to be just and right and we'll walk that way. There are times we need to call on God for him to fill in what we lack. I like what Martin Luther King said in his letter to the Bur in, from a Birmingham jail. Here's a man of God who sought peace he wanted to walk in peace, and he saw the contradiction in the land of justice. But yet he knew he had to remain humble and through mercy present a message of justice, but with mercy and love. And he said this, true peace is not merely the absence of tension, it's the presence of justice. So justice and peace must work together. Peace and wrath, punishment, discipline must work together. You're never going to have peace if you don't have punishment or discipline for wrongdoing. And let's not pretend that we can have peace if things are unjust. So they work together. And today we're going to look at that peace. We're going to try to understand how is it we're to have peace. 
one with another, and in fact, with all people. So the first thing we need to do is pursue peace. He said that we're to, what? Uh, have peace as far as it depends on you. So we're going to have to pursue it, if it's possible. As far as it belongs to you, have peace with all people or everyone. So we have to pursue peace. Look at what First Peter says. For whoever desires to love life and see good days. Who wants that? Man, I could use some, right? I love life and I want to have good days. Here's the, here's the catalyst. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You know, so often we're the ones ruining our own days. And we're, we're the ones who are not loving life. What we're speaking is spewing out hate and prejudice, anger. We're not speaking peace so often. And I don't know about you, but I mean, you can see it in these present day elections. And so we can have an opinion. We can be angry and sin not. We can speak about justice, but with mercy. And so we're not to destroy each other's personalities and characters. We can call it out. We can call a lie a lie. We can make determination on false statements, but with humility and mercy, let's call these things out so that we may have peace and we can accomplish these things. What we say, the power of the life is in the tongue. Evil lips and speaking evil, slander and gossip one to another is not going to give you happy days. And people are going to understand your character by what you say. Let's not contradict what we believe by what we say. There's too many of us speaking words and language that is of the world and not of God. Look at what is essential for us to understand is you are the temple of God. Literally, Jesus Christ replaced the temple on Mount Zion. It was destroyed in 70 AD. His church has replaced the temple. You are the presence of God in the earth. People are going to want to get to God. They have to come to you, the temple of God, to know what God says about their situation. To understand you're a priest to mediate the will of God and the purpose of God and the justice of God and the peace of God. And so we should speak like priests of the temple and not conform to the world. So, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, keep your tongue and your evil lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him what? Seek peace and pursue it. We have to go after it. This nation right now needs a people who are pursuing peace, who can speak into the situation and speak intelligently and make an impact on this nation instead of just join the fray of angry voices. We're the temple of God. We're the pillar of truth in the earth. Can we speak and cut through? I so love what's happening in the streets for the praise protests. How many of you have been watching that? What's the guy's name? I forgot his name. Anybody? Sean. Okay, we'll go with that. Sean. <laughs> But I think it's so awesome that, that they're going into places and the mayors are calling 
the, the different mayors are calling the police to stop this horrible event of worshiping God, but let the looters and the people firebomb people's stores and property. But you know what? They say, okay, we don't need a stage. And they just begin worshiping and people are coming out and praising. Now there's a pursuit of peace. That's an attitude of we have something that is so different than what's going on here. And it changes the atmosphere in the heavenlies. So pursue peace, pursue peace. And he goes on in uh, Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 12, 14, strive for, same Greek word for pursuing peace, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. If you're, not, if you're not holy, they won't see a holy Jesus. If you represent Jesus and you're not holy, neither is your Jesus. It's that simple. That simple. And so they need to know that you're pursuing peace. You have a solution. You have an answer. And so we have to pursue it. We have to strive. That, that is a word that means chase it down. Do what you can to pursue peace with everyone, even people you do not like. Again, the difference between a Christian is we don't dismiss people. You're an idiot. Right? I mean, that's the common end of an argument now. People don't even get into discussion. They just attack character. You're an idiot. You're a hater. End of discussion. <laughs> okay. Still don't understand what you're saying. But we don't dismiss people. We have to pursue. And because, you know what? We care so much beyond the actual issue that they're concerned with for their soul. We care about their soul. When is the church going to get back into the issue of caring for souls who are going to hell? We're more concerned about, I'm right, you're wrong. We have to pursue peace. And the Prince of Peace calls us to this. Secondly, we have to live with grace, live in grace. Mark says this in Mark 9.50, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? We need fresh salt, right? And, and, and salt brings savor. Salt sustains. And unfortunately, the church over the last 50, 60, 70 years has lost its saltiness to our culture. We are not preserving the gospel. We're not making an impact on this community. But I believe that God is going to restore the saltiness back to the church. And he wants a people who will pursue this nation for peace and to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to get salty again. And so what does salt do? He says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So in, I guess in, in, in order for us to have peace with one another, we need salt. What in the world does this mean? Why, what's he talking about? Because at every sacrifice in the Old Testament, according to the book of Leviticus, every sacrifice that was offered unto God, whether it was for fellowship or sin offering or whatever, when that fire of God's wrath and judgment would come on the sin and burn it, every sacrifice was to be salted with salt. 
Salt is a sign of covenant. It is a lasting sign of covenant when you have salt. And so when you put salt in that offering, it reminds of the covenant and the grace of God that forgives sin. If we don't have grace, we'll never come to peace in terms with each other. We took communion this morning. And Paul said to the church at Corinth, there are many who are sick among you and even dead because you're not discerning the Lord's body when you take communion. What does that mean? He said, here's the basic concept, that how can we celebrate a covenant meal with God thanking him for the grace he's shown us for our sinfulness and we don't show that same grace to other people who have sinned against us? And it was literally such a contradiction to the presence of God and the covenant that it was people were dying and sick because they weren't enjoying the benefits of the covenant. Are you getting this? You want to have a good life and good days? Pursue peace. Watch what you say, what you offer, and what you present. We need to be seasoned with grace. I know your feathers are ruffled by what people say, but grace will forgive them just as it forgave you. How many of us have done such stupid things to God, said such foolish stuff, and acted out things, and God's grace is still here with us, and he needs a people who will represent him to a, a world that's gone mad, but they need the grace, the salt of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to pursue peace with them, because we want to win them to Jesus Christ, and that's what Paul says in Ephesians, live in grace, Ephesians 4.32, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Boy, you would think, after, after these scriptures, I'm telling you, it seems like we're supposed to be something to people. In fact, everyone. Hmm, have you noticed this? There's a certain attitude that's supposed to show up. And I have to ask you, how are you doing with that? Right? It's so easy to slip into the attitude of the world, right? So easy, and it's such a trick of the enemy to goad you and get you to operate in the same spirit that's coming at you. And what happens is we simply get into a, a wrestling match with the enemy, and we don't get out instead of bringing Christ to the problem. He says, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You mean I'm supposed to treat everybody else the way God treats me? Now there's an idea. How am I going to do that? Well, let's think. Hmm, I'll put my nature in you because you don't have the capacity for it. I'm going to put my spirit of holiness in you. And you'll show yourself holy in every situation. Now what does that mean? Hallelujah. We act like that all the time? No, 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 no. I mean, Jesus knocked over money tables. Jesus made a whip. Jesus cursed a fig tree. Jesus did these things. But Jesus pursued peace. Right now, as a high priest, he's asking you to intercede on people's behalf. The wrath, it's coming. But couldn't you have enough compassion? You were that belligerent, ornery, angry person at one time, weren't you? 
But what can God do to change us? We need to present it to them. So we have to forgive. We have to move in grace. So we're to do justice, call out for justice, ask for justice, operate in the justice and authority God's given, but with mercy and grace, we're to give it always with humility. Jesus went so far as this. We don't like to say this stuff. This is too radical for us. It makes us look like mamby-pambies. But if they slap you on the right cheek, what are you supposed to offer? The left. What? Are you kidding me? If they make you walk a mile, you're supposed to go what? Two. Come on. That doesn't seem fair to me. We love fair. You learned that when you were two. Never forgot it. It's not fair. Everything's weighed by fair, just. We've been compensated by the grace of God for our injustices. How about we pursue peace with everyone else for the sake of Christ? And thirdly, if it's possible. <laughs> now this qualifies everything, doesn't it? Because there's just some people. He said I'm supposed to get along with everyone. I don't. So it's qualified by if possible, according to your ability. So they may not want to have peace. You've tried, and they don't want to. And so that qualifies the if possible part. I, I couldn't. So if you can't make peace, you can keep peace. Think that one out. If you can't make peace with someone else, you can keep peace by what? Staying away from them. That's a pursuit of peace. Don't gossip. Don't slander. Don't dog them. Don't speak against it. You had a fight. You had a rift. You tried to seek peace. There is no peace. It's not going to work. They don't agree. You don't agree. You can keep the peace by staying away. There's folks who don't like me. There's folks who speak against me. There are folks that have uh, had all sorts of different issues uh, with me. And I have made sure that I don't get into the trenches of those arguments. And I don't let it ruminate and aggravate and come back and get into the arguments and get into the fights. I'm going to keep peace. So that if I see them, I can greet them in peace. I don't have to hide. I don't have to tell, do you know who I saw? No. So we can keep peace. They may still hate your guts, but I have peace as far as with me and my possible. I've forgiven. Now the rest is up to them. I'm leaving room for God's wrath. Now I've had situations, and I'm sure you have too, where we have, there's been disagreements, there's been arguments or whatever, peace couldn't be kept, so I've stayed away, and you leave room for God. Ten years later, I've had things reunite and work out with enough time. That's leaving it to God, and you're keeping peace, and you're not trying to destroy it. So the if possible is what we all have to try to do, right? As best you can. How many of you have families? You have brothers, sisters, anybody? Anybody got parents? <laughs> this if possible is for all those relationships. Anybody married? co-workers, neighbors, anybody ever have any neighbor issues? <laughs> you keep peace as, as best you can. Sometimes you got to put up a good fence. Good fences keep good neighbors. 
but you're pursuing peace without insult, without argument. And you can win them because you've not gotten into the the back and forth issues. And Paul says this, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Here's a solution. Avoid them. That's keeping peace. Just, Just let it go. And let God intervene as God will. That's the other part of having communion together. The church at Corinth, Paul warned them, not only that they were taking it with contradiction, not forgiving others as God had forgiven them, but also he, he said that when you take communion, you are to judge yourself so that you will not be judged by God in the end. This is a time to be retrospective. This is a time to be introspective. This is a time for us to discern. Has someone offended me? Have I offended them? Can I pursue peace with them? Can I leave it alone and forgive them and give room for God? These are the if possibles that we're supposed to do as best you can, if possible. Some you have to walk away from. That's all right but leave room for God, but don't become bitter and angry, but pursue peace. Here's the conclusion. We're to overcome evil. He goes on from verses 18 to 19 about having peace, leave the wrath of God, and he says, to the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. And see, people misunderstand that. They look at that in a modern view and they have a real attitude and they think, <laughs> I'm going to kill him with kindness. You need a, that, that's an attitude adjustment. <laughs> you want food? Here's some food. I'll be so nice to you, you'll hate it. Want a drink? Here's a drink. <laughs> I'm so much better than you are. That's not what it means by heaping burning coals on their head. Okay, this is from the Proverbs and from this ancient concept that not only will you cook a meal for them and give them the food that they so need, not only will you give them drink with their meal, but you'll give them the fire by which you cooked the meal. And you will put the burning coals from your own fire on the pan of their head so they can carry it back to their house because they don't have food or drink to eat. And you're not only giving them food and drink, you're giving them your fire as well to sustain them. That's what it means by heaping burning coals on their head. Little attitude difference, don't you think? Just like Jesus spoke of on the Sermon on the Mount. You give all that you have to them. And through that sacrifice, well, wait a minute. I might get hurt in this. Hmm, look to the cross. Well, hmm, I might look weak. You should be dead. That's the relationship we have in Christ. Dead to us, alive in him, so whatever we do, they see Jesus. Don't worry. This is what Paul's talking about. Don't worry about the outcome of whether it was wrong or right or if they got away with it because there is coming a day when the wrath of God will eternally judge them. But God's mercy and grace poured out for you. He wants you to act out for them. Church, if we can get back on track 
to what the gospel is and what's supposed to be presented to a dying world, we are going to bring the greatest revival on the planet yet to be seen. It's, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen because some rock star preacher has got an amazing anointing to make people fall and move and go, ooh, goo, 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 goo. It's going to happen because believers are individually going to live like Jesus and like never before touch lives. That's the difference. That's what's coming. Church, are you ready for this? Because he says, do not overcome by evil, but overcome with good. You possess the good. Pursue peace. You have peace with the Father through the blood. You have peace. Now demonstrate this peace by doing justice, loving mercy with all humility. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you for the word of God that is transforming. God, I do not want to live a Sunday message, but a Monday through Saturday life that contradicts it. I pray for anointing to this royal priesthood that is before me right now. This is a kingly priesthood. You have authority in the earth to speak the will of God as king. You don't wait, you pursue. You're a king. You go after. You speak against injustice. You speak against lie. You speak against tyranny. But you do it with mercy. And you lay your life down in humility. And your priests who mediate the holiness of God, the unique character of Jesus that no one even knows about until you show up and prove it and show it. You are a royal priesthood. You're the temple of the living God where people are running to to find mercy, to find forgiveness, to find strength. They're coming to you, the temple of God. Be the priest and mediate Jesus. If you're ready to do this, would you please stand with me this morning? I pray a prayer of impartation to you. Some of you need to settle the issue for peace in situations. You've tried to make peace over and over. Some of you are going to have to just leave a distance now to keep peace. To separate. Leave room for God. Stop, stop trying to fix it. Leave room for God. Let God do His thing. For some of you, you need to pursue peace with others. Start walking injustice and mercy and humility pursue peace demonstrate the grace of God this is transformation we can't do it on our own it's something that must be done in the Holy Spirit are you ready to let the Holy Spirit do this then pray this prayer with me dear Jesus I surrender my will for yours I will forgive others as you have forgiven me. I will walk as a priest of the Most High God. I will walk as Jesus walked. I will forgive and love as Jesus did. I pursue peace with everyone 
as is possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Yeah, give him glory. Praise God. I'm so glad that you're here this